Welcome to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. Join us to learn simple, accessible ways that the seasons, moon phases, and astrology can help you finally create a spiritual self-care practice you can be consistent with. I'm your host, Tanae Stewart, the Witch of Lupin Hollow. I'm a practicing witch, a certified astrologer, and a published author. And I'm on a mission to help modern witches like you nourish your mind, body, and intuition so you can be your most magical self all day, every day. All right, welcome back. So we've been doing this series of astrology-focused episodes, which I love, and it sounds like you guys have been loving them too. Um, So in the last two episodes um, in this series, we talked about how to read your birth chart and about understanding the planets and transits. Um, So really very 101 stuff, um, but I think very, very powerful information to have. So definitely go back and listen to those if you have not already. Today, we're going to step forward into something a little bit more advanced, I guess, technically, um, but in many ways more accessible. Um, And we're going to talk about how you can really bring astrology down to earth through plants and crystals and tarot and goddesses and really anything that we would consider a correspondence, quote unquote, um, of astrology. So, So let's dig into this. So basically what we're talking about today is a big section of my method for astrology, which I call celestial alchemy. Okay, so the idea of celestial alchemy is that when we work with the seasons and the moon phases and astrology and plants and crystals and tools of the earth, okay, when we work with all of these things together and we understand that they are all part of one larger cycle of nature, not these like separate disparate things, when we work with them all together in that way, they become more powerful, so much more powerful and able to support us. And they really become more than the sum of their parts. Okay. So we've talked about in lots of past episodes about working with astrology through the seasons and astrology through the moon phases. Um, Pretty much every episode, I feel like I touch on something related to that. Um, But we haven't talked as much about working with astrology through plants and crystals and tools like this. Okay. So that's what we're going to do in this episode. Now, I think one of the most important things to really help this make sense is to understand and that the planets and signs and houses, okay, in astrology, all of which I really explain in depth in the How to Read Your Birth Chart episode, they are all represented by elements, the four elements of fire, earth, air, and water, and by archetypes, okay? So everything in astrology, we can really break down to an element and an archetype. And The elements, of course, are literally the building blocks of the universe. They are the most powerful foundational energy units, okay, signatures of energy. Archetypes are basically characters, right? Archetypes are this idea that we can kind of craft a character that represents a particular idea or a particular energy. Now, I think that working with archetypes in astrology is so incredibly powerful because it really takes the planets, the signs, the houses, it takes them out of the abstract in a moment, right? Like just like snap your fingers, takes it out of the abstract, and you can step into its shoes, right? When you talk about 
um, you know, Virgo energy, right? You might picture someone you know who's a Virgo. You might picture like the traditional symbol of Virgo, uh, which is the Virgin. And like you might start to kind of conjure some things up. But when I tell you that Virgo is the archetype of the priestess, right? That's a whole vibe. That is an energy. That is a character, right? You can conjure that up and be like, oh, okay, I can step into the shoes of the priestess, right? And so working with archetypes this way, it really takes everything in astrology very much out of the abstract and into something we can embody within ourselves. Now, when we work with them through elements, right, which is much more literally elemental, right? It's more primal in a way. Um, it also gives us something though, right? I feel like most people, even if all you know about astrology is your sign, right? Your sun sign, most people also know the element, right? It'll be like, oh yeah, I'm an Aries. You know, it's a, I'm such a fire sign. Like people know the element very often, even if they don't know anything else about their chart. Um, the elements are so accessible to us. They are, they are our building blocks, right? We are literally made up of the elements. And so they're very, they're very accessible to us. We can really hold on to and understand like, yeah, you know, what's the quality? What's the energy of that element? And we use them, you know, constantly in our lives, right? Like, oh, they're so flighty, right? Air element. Oh, they're so passionate and fiery, right? We use them just in daily conversation. So archetypes and elements are really powerful ways to take astrology out of this very abstract, very intellectual space and bring it straight down to earth, right? Straight down into ourselves. Now, what does this have to do with plants and crystals and stuff, right? So plants and crystals and really anything else, right? We're in this episode, we're going to talk about plants, crystals, goddesses, and tarot. Um, they all also are made up of these elements, right? So it all really starts from the elements. Everything is associated, especially plants, crystals, and tarot. Everything starts from the elements, right? Goddesses, it's more archetypal, but we'll get there in a moment. So when you start to work with herbalism, right, you start to learn that every plant is associated with an element. Um, and crystals are the same way, okay? So when you start to understand why a particular plant is associated with a particular element, you can then start to extrapolate out from there because there are only so many zodiac signs associated with each element, right? So if you know that if something is spicy, right, literally hot, if something is spiky or thorny, right, that may be an indication that it is a fire plant, right? It's associated with the element of fire because it's either literally hot or it's very like, you know, passionate and defensive, right? Okay, well, there's only three fire signs, right? Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. And they all kind of have their own vibe. They all have their own archetype. Aries is the archetype of the warrior. It's ruled by Mars, right? Leo is the archetype of the sovereign. It's ruled by the sun. And Sagittarius is the archetype of the healer. It's ruled by Jupiter, okay? So these are very different vibes from one another, but all very fiery. So if you have a plant in front of you or a crystal, like a red crystal, right? Now this is intuitive and it's really, there's really no right or wrong. There are lots of books that are going to tell you what these plants and crystals are associated with, but you can also absolutely trust your intuition and say like, okay, I feel like this is really a, an Aries thing or a Sagittarius thing, right? Um, but you can also use those archetypes, those characters to be like, what character 
does this plant embody? What character does this crystal embody? Okay. Now with tarot, it's even a little bit more straightforward than that because the tarot suits are associated with the elements, right? So the wands are the fire element. Uh, the pentacles or the coins, depending on your deck, um, are the earth element. The swords are the air element and the cups are the water element. So again, there's only so many zodiac signs of each element. And once you, so when you narrow it down to an element, you narrow it down to three zodiac signs. And once you choose which sign, it has a planet or maybe two planets associated with it, right? So you can pretty quickly, first of all, this is like a huge hack if you're working with plants or crystals. This is a huge hack for starting to understand the very esoteric, never any sources cited information that is out there to be like, oh, okay, it's not actually totally random and arbitrary. It comes down to the elements, right? So with plants and crystals and tarot, if you can get it to the element, you can then at the very least follow your intuition and your logic to figure out the zodiac sign and the uh, planet and also the house because every house is ruled by a, by a particular sign. So if you've got the sign, you've got the house too. Um, so, and I think that's such an important point in astrology and in my approach to astrology is that there are not, you know, all these different planets and asteroids and 12 signs and 12 houses they are units of energy, right? Mars and Aries and the first house, no, they're not exactly the same thing, but they carry a similar energetic signature, right? So I hope that makes sense and that that's clarifying um, instead of feeling like we have to learn, you know, these all these millions of disparate things. Um, now, I've also talked a little bit about goddesses. So before we move on to what you do with this information, I wanna talk about goddess energy as well. So goddesses I find, and you can absolutely apply this to gods as well, um, any kind of deity, any kind of entity. Um, it's just that I particularly work with goddesses in my life and my practice. Um, and goddesses are, they are characters, right? They are archetypes. And so when you can think of, it's almost like taking an archetype one step further, right? So if you can picture in your mind like the energy of Sagittarius, right? And you picture this archetype of the healer and you picture the archer, right? Which is also representative of Sagittarius. Like you can start to picture that. You can start to step into that vibe. But when you also say, okay, the goddess of Sagittarius, one of many, is Artemis, it really solidifies that archetype, right? The healer, the archer, the, the wildness, right? is Artemis. Artemis is Sagittarius, okay? Just as an example. So working with goddesses in relation to astrology, again, not universal. Like Artemis being Sagittarius is a good example of one that is pretty well accepted. Most people take that one. Um, but, you know, it's definitely not universal at all. Um, and you might work with goddesses from all different cultures, from your own ancestral cultures, right? Um, so, you know, it's not necessarily going to be that there's a list somewhere that's going to give you all the answers, right? It's very intuitive. Um, but it is this idea of taking the archetype one step further, right? What is the character of this sign or planet? And then how can I embody that through the energy, through the worship, through the mythology of this goddess, okay, or this deity, so a little bit different from like the elemental approach, but still very archetypal as well. 
Okay, now why do we care, <laughs> right? Okay, this is cool information. It's fun to think about. Why do we care and what are we gonna do with the information, right? Always the most important question. So there's two main ways that we work with this information, okay? The first is to channel the energy of a particular planet or sign, okay? So let's say that there's two main ways we would do this, right? Let's say it is Aries season and you really want to like honor and channel and harness that powerful fiery energy of Aries, okay? Then you are gonna work with Aries allies, okay? Plants, crystals, tarot cards, goddesses that are associated with Aries, okay? So some examples of that might be mustard flowers or cactus or carnelian crystals, or uh, the king of wands tarot card, or Athena, the goddess of war, right? As the warrior archetype of Aries, okay? All of those, and you can see how all of those different things that I just named, they all, not only do they carry an Aries signature, but they all kind of feel like they have something in common, right? They're all fiery, they're all red, right? They're all like about passion. They're big and bold. They have this similar Aries vibe about them. And I think this can go both ways, right? Both working with those tools can help you channel the energy of Aries and working with them can help you understand what it means to channel Aries as well, right? They show you what it means to be in the energy of the sign of Aries or the planet of Mars, okay? So this is a really powerful way that we do this is we use the plants and crystals and tools that are around us, um, especially in alignment with particular season, um, to help us channel the energy that is present, right? So if you listen to the last episode I did about the transits, this is a powerful way to do that, right? When the sun moves into a new sign or when Venus moves into a new sign, right? Work with the tools that are representative of that sign to help you channel that energy that is already present in the cosmos, right? Venus is doing her thing up there, moving through cancer or whatever, wherever she is, help bring that down to earth, right? Feel and embody what it means for Venus to be in Cancer through those tools, okay? Now, the other way that we might use these tools to channel a particular zodiac sign or planet is in your own chart, right? So if you really want to express and really authentically express a particular part of your chart, working with the tools of that sign is gonna be really powerful. So let's say you wanna be more in alignment with your Taurus sun, okay? You're gonna work with Taurus tools. So that might be roses, it might be jade crystals, um, it might be like the queen of pentacles, a tarot card, it might be the goddess Venus, right? All of these things, again, they have this like, really sensual, romantic kind of a vibe. They're gonna help you channel that Taurus energy in your own chart, right? And really amplify and emphasize it for yourself. Okay, now the other way that we often really use these allies or work with these allies is to balance something in astrology, okay? So, and again, we can do this with the transits or with your own chart. So if there is a transit 
for example, that is activating something kind of challenging in your chart, okay? Like let's say you have Chiron in Gemini, okay? So when the sun moves into Gemini every year, your Chiron, and Chiron represents our core wound, right? So it's a really tender part of the chart. When the sun enters Gemini every year, it's like kind of poking a little bit at that wound. So you're probably not going to want more Gemini energy, right? You're not going to work with Gemini tools. You want to balance it out and give yourself some relief from that and feeling more grounded in it, okay? So when we want to do this, okay, there are 12 signs in the zodiac, but there are really, more accurately, six pairs of signs. So when you want to balance something out, like the Gemini, for example, is just like really hyperactivated for you and you're like, I just need a break, you're going to turn to the opposite sign. So in this case, the opposite sign of Gemini is Sagittarius. So you're probably going to want to work with Sagittarius tools because those are going to balance it out, right? Another example of this would be if you just have like a ton of Gemini energy in your chart, right? Or if there's like four planets in Gemini right now in the sky and you're just like, oh, I'm Gemini'd out. Not to pick on Gemini, just like that's the example, right? So if you have like a ton of a particular sign in your chart and you're feeling like, okay, I don't need more of this. I need to balance it. If there's a lot of planets in a particular sign and you feel like you need to balance it, or if it's activating something a little tender in your chart, turning to that opposite sign is going to be really powerful. So for our Sagittarius example, right, that might be working with sage or dandelion. Um, it might be working with sodalite crystals or um, the temperance tarot card um, or Artemis, right? All of these have this very like spiritual, um, like intellectual, adventurous kind of a spirit about them, right? That's the vibe of Sagittarius. And it's going to help you balance out whatever's going on in Gemini. And you can do this with any sign, okay? So Aries and Libra are opposites. Taurus and Scorpio are opposites. Gemini and Sagittarius. Cancer and Capricorn. Leo and Aquarius. And Virgo and Pisces, okay? So anytime you're feeling too much in any one sign, you can pull in tools from the opposite sign to help you balance it out. Okay, so the last thing I want to address here is what do we actually do with these tools, <laughs> right? There are allies. What does that mean? What are we actually doing with them? So there are so many ways you can do this, right? With plants, a few ways you can do this are um, you can work with tea, right? Any kind of herbalism. So work with the plant in a tea form if it's safe to do so um, as like a tincture or an essential oil. You can cook with it, again, only if it's safe to do so. Um, you can plant it in your yard and go out and meet it, right? You can find the plant um, in nature and sit with it, be in its energy. You can even just meditate on the, the idea of the plant. Look at a picture of it and think about it and ask it for its guidance, okay? Um, when we're talking about crystals, you can you know, have the crystal in your space. You can have it on your body. Um, you can just hold the crystal and meditate with it. You can do crystal grids, um, you know, make a grid on your altar or place them on yourself. Um, you know, really anything where you are either inviting the crystal into your space or engaging with it physically. 
With tarot cards, um, you can pull the card out of the deck and place it on your altar, you know, meditate on it, have it there as a reminder, build an altar around it. Um, you could also incorporate any of these tools into an altar. Um, you can also, one of my favorite things to do with tarot cards is to do a reading where you shuffle the deck, you choose the card that you are focusing on, um, and then you flip through the deck until you find that card, and the card above it and the card below it are your reading. Um, that can be a great way to like invite in the guidance of a particular card. Um, and then with goddesses, right, any way that you like to work with goddess energy, so whether it is um, you know, reading their mythology, doing research about them in a really secular way. Um, if it is, you know, creating an altar to them, praying to them, asking for their support, meeting them in a spirit guide journey or meditation, um, you know, reading uh, poems or stories about them, chanting to them, um, any and all of the above, right? <laughs> Magical ways, spiritual ways, secular ways to connect with goddesses. Um, and all of these different, many different little rituals and practices that I just listed out, you can use any and all of them to balance or channel particular planets, particular zodiac signs that you are wanting to invite more of into your life or that you are wanting to balance and, you know, really soften out in your life as well. Um, and I think this is really such a powerful way for us to take astrology as I said at the beginning, out of the abstract, really bring it down to earth in a much, much more grounded and embodied way. And all of that <laughs> is what I will be teaching in the Celestial Alchemy Certification Program. Um, so I am launching a certification. We're going to be starting in May 2023. Uh, the link is in the show notes here. So the certification is going to be a six-month deep dive with me. You're going to be getting trainings, um, really like short trainings kind of like this on particular topics. Um, you'll be getting trainings every week. We're going to have a couple calls every month um, where you can get my feedback. I'm really delving everything from how to read a birth chart, what are planets and signs, all the way up to developing your own methodology as an astrologer. Um, whether you are you know, intending to have an astrology business, if you just want to really learn and embody this information for yourself, or if you're wanting to bring astrology into any other work that you do. Um, the certification program is going to have a certificate component. So after the end of the program, when you've completed all of the trainings and homework, you'll have the opportunity to become certified in my unique celestial alchemy methods um, of practicing astrology. So I would love to work with you and to share all of this wisdom with you. Um, this series so far of doing these astrology episodes has been so much fun, and I promise it is just the tip of the iceberg of everything we'll be learning inside the certification program. So click the link in the show notes. Come and join me. We get started in May. As always, thanks for listening to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. I'm Tanae Stewart, the Witch of Lupin Hollow, and it's my pleasure to be your host. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Much love from Lupin Hollow.